You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Welcome to Quantum Leap Book Club. During the next hour, beloved mind scientist Parisha and her guests from around the world will read and discuss various best-selling books with well-known authors. Every show will apply retention techniques designed to help you to absorb powerful knowledge to effectively change your life. Join us every week for a thought-provoking hour and re-listen as often as you can. You will be delighted by what you learn and you will be excited by the results. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Here's Parisha. Greetings. This is Quantum Leap Book Club, and I am your host, Parisha. And with me today, I have my co-host, two ladies from, from obviously Australia, one from Sydney, the other from Melbourne. That would be Elloway and Marianne Love. I have Trina Cooper from Denver, Colorado, and Joyce and Steve Joyce Mullenhauer, Steve Jones from Arizona. So today we're actually going to be covering what is one of our new books for the show. And I'm excited, very excited about it. The book is titled Dying to Be Me by Adina, but Anita, sorry about that, Anita, Anita Mordani. And the way I came about this book is really in itself a spiritual experience. I had been talking to a couple of people who have some made some miraculous healing uh, effects in their life. In fact, two people who were actually announced within days of uh, death that actually did a full turnaround and a whole absolute pure healing. Okay. And in both of their stories, they shared that they had read Anita Morjani's book, Dying to Be Me. And each of them gave her tremendous credit for actually being able to give it up and surrender to death if that's what it was going to take, but in their beings actually experiencing that they had asked that if there is more here that they could do or be responsible for or help in any way, that they also asked to stay and have that completed. Okay. And it went very well. The third person actually said that in one of her sessions to where she would go into these very high fevers and uh, it, with each fever situation going on, the doctors considered she may go into some kind of coma or not come out at all. And that in one of those particular times, she experienced this woman and she could hear this woman talking like she was talking to groups or other people, but she was never aware that there was anybody there other than the voice of this woman and this image that she could see in herself. And she couldn't remember exactly anything that was said other than feelings that she had in regards to what she heard. And uh, she went through this, I guess, in a couple of times. It, my clarity on how often this happened is not really uh, keen and clear right now. So I'm going to say just other than the one time or whatever she did. And what she actually did once she got started getting better is that somebody close to her in life, a friend or family member, actually brought her Anita's book, Dying to Be Me. And when she saw the picture and saw the title of the book, she realized that's who she had seen in her vision. So with all of that being accumulated, I had decided I was going to check this woman out. Okay. Now that's not the end of the story. Okay. 
So as you all know, we just finished actually working with Barry Goldstein's book, okay, with music and the pathway of music in our life and spiritual development. And so I'm talking to him and looking through his papers and stuff, and he's actually working with this woman. So, I mean, I'm looking at all the details in his background and everything, suddenly realize, okay, there's Anita Morjani here, you know, and I happened to speak to him about it. He said, you need to actually talk to her. You need to put her on. So this is why we're starting that book today. I realized what I consider the source has brought her to me in four different ways, and that covers all four directions that I acknowledge. So I believe this book will have a tremendous effect on myself, our show, and everybody else that's listening, okay? And so I want to go ahead and give some of the information that comes with the book, okay? And then my co-host will share some of the impressions and stuff as we start looking into the book and what we can already have gotten from it, okay? And so in this inspirational book, Anita, yeah, more, it's M-O-O-R-J-A-N-I, Anita Morjani. She relates to how fighting cancer for almost four years, okay, her body had already began to shut down and her organs were becoming non-functional. And she was definitely being overcome by the malignant cancer that was in her body and running throughout her systems. As everything began to fail, she states and shares with us how she entered to, to an extraordinary experience called a near-death experience that many people have actually had happen in their lives, me being one of them. And then she realized while she was having this experience that she felt a sense of inherent worth and the actual case of her disease and how she understood how and why she had it. Okay. And then she began to regain consciousness and start feeling better. And she began to have rapid improvement and within weeks was able to leave the hospital totally cancer free. Okay. And so within the book, she begins to recount for us different experiences and particular challenges that she had to meet along the way to all of this and helping us relate in one way or another or at all in her own experience of that. But I feel that she come, she has shown how she's come through a lot of odds and challenges early in life. And what she shared actually in her book and what we find there is that she she had actually lived as a child and as a Hindu child, nonetheless, that is, she lived in a largely Asian, Chinese, Asian community and British society, nothing that obviously supported her Hindu roots, okay? And so she had different challenges with culture and religious customs. And after years of actually struggling with her own path and finding where she felt and had come into her own awareness and power, she began to work through different things that happened to her and come to finally, she discovered her own miracle through her healing and experience with near death. I believe in dying to be me that a lot of people will find some correlation of their own experiences, maybe not so much that you're dying or that you've been uh, diagnosed in any way with some fatal disease. But I think that even in the sense that if we haven't had those encounters, everybody on this earth at this time is looking at something that they can feel, but they can't experience in, in giving it words or description. But everybody and all of us are aware something's amiss, something is happening. 
and in some cases maybe trying to keep up with all of what we hear in the media and the craziness and insanity that's going on, maybe we're starting to feel a desperateness of ourselves. Maybe we're feeling disjointed and disconnected. I know within the field of work that I do, most people today come forward oh, totally overwhelmed and not really understanding and feeling that they have a handle on anything or that they're stable or that they're even grounded and that most people are so stressed out and worried about what's coming to be that they have no real control of what's happening presently. And I think that in this book and with what we will actually share, my co-host and I, what we share with you with this in our own encounters with this, that will actually come to help in different numbers of that. We choose books that we feel will have impact in your life. You, the listener, is our whole purpose for having the show. None of us get paid. Nobody's making any money off of actually coming and being with you for this time and in your day and whenever you make time to listen. We just hope and actually believe and have faith that what we have shared and what we have brought forward will actually lift anything that is a burden in your day and give it a better outcome. We actually bring you knowledge that we hope helps you see the bigger picture. But we also want in everything that we give to this, that life in itself becomes that which we can respect and show complete gratitude for. I feel that in Nina, Anita's book, we're going to see how that sense of gratitude and understanding and in celebrating what life is actually can bring us to much higher ground and deeper awareness. And that as we move into experience that we ourselves make those choices, I think that we're going to have a very good time with this book. I'm going to open up at uh, this point some of the lines that allow the co-host to come in and actually share some of their thoughts on what they've looked at the beginning and discovery of the book. And we're going to start with uh, Trina Cooper there in Denver. Trina, so you have the book and you started looking through it. What was your feelings when you first encountered the title and what we're looking at as far as Anita brings us? Well, what I really loved is that it resonates with me so much. And it's kind of funny. I worked in a bookstore for over 10 years during this time from the time like when this book was published 10 years ago. Um, and now it's in its 10th edition with like a million copies in 45 languages. So it is really spread out there. And it has never really come to my attention until this point right now. And living from a place where my husband's had three near-death experiences, and I've had some of my own heart-opening experiences through that, I immediately felt this um, passion and connection with this book. And so um, I wanted to start talking. One of the things that grabbed me was her very first quote here at the very beginning of the book that says, I believe that the greatest truths of the universe don't lie outside in the study of the stars and the planets. They lie deep within us in the magnificence of our heart, mind, and soul. Until we understand what is within, we can't understand what is without. I share my story here in the hope of touching your heart in some way and reminding you of your own magnificence. And that just that quote, 
I was like, okay, I am sucked into this book now. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, absolutely. And there's a couple other things in here too. Like she, she divides this book up with part one about seeking the right way. So it's, it's really about her life, her experiences. Then part two is about the near death. And the part three is what she's come to understand from that. And um, she, her story was so, was so powerful that it was, and we've talked about this before, how we magnetically attract things to ourselves. Um, she was attracted to Dr. Wayne Dyer, who actually brought her to the world stage in 2011 before she had even written the book. He was so moved by her story and her willingness to share. And, you know, she was just an ordinary person who answered the call, who got clarity through this and said, this is what I need to do. And she opened herself up and just stepped right out there and started bringing this to the world, which I thought was absolutely beautiful. And, you know, you related to Barry Goldstein. And I think, you know, one of the pieces he said is that we each have our own song, our own message. And she clearly, clearly found that and, and stepped forward with this. So really, really beautiful. And um, Dr. Wayne Dyer in his, in his forward, he actually spoke about, um, about how he was compelled to help her and how honored he was to write the forward to this book. And he made one little quote that said, there's a realization that all things material dematerialize, but life moves on. Our life, our soul moves on. So he was really honored to bring some of these things forward. And then in her introduction, we get a sense of really kind of who she is, what she was bringing forward. I'm sure the other co-hosts will talk about this. But she, there's a couple of points she made that was like, you don't need to have a near-death experience to really learn about who you are and how to go forward. And that's one of the things she wants to bring forward and that you can feel it. You can, you can study, you can experience things yourself and really dive in and learn who you are and how you can heal and how you can work and how you can bring your stories out in this life. So um, mainly she says, I want to teach by example so that other people can get in touch with who they are and their own truth not by trying to convince them. So I guess I want to just sum up by saying that it was it's an amazing story about how we draw to us what we need when we need it, how to be of service to humanity, how to heal, how to live our soul's purpose. And that if it's done in love, you know that you're connected to all things and you can have a great impact on this planet. And she's definitely an example of that. I agree. I totally agree. And with other resources and, and doing some research and probing to get more to bring into uh, bringing the book to the to our show. Uh, I had been given the information that uh, Wayne Dyer, who is definitely one of the people I'm fond of and have celebrated what he brought to life and felt the definitely emptiness and impact of when he passed but he actually I guess encouraged her very much to go forward and writing a book and then what I hear actually did a lot to make sure that this book actually become a reality so again I would say to that beloved wherever he may be in time space and beyond we are very grateful that he persisted 
Now we want to go to Joyce, who has recently come into an elder position, I understand, and is actually at this point referenced as Gigi. So Gigi, what do you have to share with us about what you've actually seen in this book? Well, I guess the word that would be the strongest one is relief. Because as a student nurse years ago, when people were dying, we were told not to go and talk to them anything about dying. And, and families weren't even allowed to have more than maybe a very brief visit because it might be stressful for the patient. Like it was so awful. And as student nurses, we would sneak in because we had enough sense in our heads that this person needed to be able to have some support. So uh, to fast forward to today, now I am, uh, have been for quite a number of years working with hospice and have been on site when people have died. And definitely there is such a difference from one person to another on how they leave. And with everything I've seen already about this book, she is giving us insight into, okay, this is an individual experience. And it totally relates to how your life has been up until this point. And it definitely can transform how you lived at this moment. So I love the fact that it's so totally believable. I think even some of the doubters that I know will find it extremely real. The feelings that she expresses are fabulous. I've watched some of the, her interviews and you, you feel like you know her just watching a few interviews. I, uh, my most recent person that I was privileged to uh, be part of his final days, I was intrigued with some of his behavior. He became, um, he it looked, uh, our interpretation, and I'm, look, I'm already changing that with reading this book. Our interpretation was it looked like he was reaching out for support from his wife because he kept wanting to hold her hand. Well, after hearing and reading what I have so far, I believe he was trying to reassure her that she he was okay. And I, wa I was in his room uh, probably an hour after he died, and there was a peacefulness in that room. He did not fight going to the other side. And she says in her in some of the writing that I've read already, it isn't a bad place over there. You want to stay there. It is so wonderful. It's totally everything one would dream of. So I'm excited on how this is going to change how I am as hospice nurse. And I have a vehicle to spread this in many directions. So that's what I'd like to share. I think that's powerful and good. And as you all know, because you work very closely with me over the years, is one of the things, one of the three things I feel that are so drastically misunderstood in uh, human existence and life is the fact that death is a part of that life. And that from the moment we're born, the clock starts. And we are inevitably constantly moving to the completion of what our life is. And how that we try to avoid, like you said, I can remember that children were kept away from people uh, going to see people who had passed in that because nobody wanted them to have the experience of seeing them lifeless and stuff. Just, just an insane fear 
uh, and ignorance, more, I guess, just ignorance of what death is, okay? And that while we have so much science, and I know all of us are very much involved in the research and understanding it, of that, is the sciences itself has proven that simply what we experience as life and experience life is as a body and the sensory perception of that kind of field and body, that that isn't even a scratch on the surface of what we really are. And that we can find and discover more of what there is beyond the body by actually finding consciousness and expanding the conscious level of what we understand through the body. So looking at death, and I so appreciate all the work you've done all these years, Joyce, and not just as a young woman who could say you have 50, 60 years of life in front of you. You, like me, are in your 80s, and we know that we don't plan 30-year futures ahead of time. We plan our day ahead and maybe a week at most because we understand we're at this end of the clock, okay? And in that, actually knowing the importance of what one day is. And I feel that in what Anita gives us in this book and dying to be me, that it is it is the understanding of the importance of just a breath and a moment in your day and how that can be the fulfillment of a lifetime story. And uh, I really appreciate the work you've done and definitely welcome you sitting and working with me in the elders' seats. So let us begin to carry on a little bit further with this and get to some other people's reflection. Okay, we're going to start with you, LOA, uh, out there in Sydney, Australia. What what have you gotten so far? Well, I can say that right now it's perfect timing because I'm in Darwin and we're here at the conference for the Society of ecological restoration so it's people from all around the world who are tapping into a purpose but it's interesting that the conversations between that are more about well, what is my purpose and how am I making a difference and then starting this book and having the very beginning saying that not only did Anita be on the the doorstep but she stepped into the hallway of of the other side because when people are looking to save the environment I find they're not we know that it's not for right now. People, the natural conversation is for it's your children's children. So to leave, to live fully every day means to make a difference. And as she said, this is going to challenge your beliefs. That's right in the beginning where Wayne Dwyer says that this be ready in the forward, be ready. This is going to challenge your beliefs of who you are and what the afterlife is. And it's a story of love, of self-love and overcoming self-rejection and fear and I found that even in the conversations that were at the conference last night it's like people saying we really need to look after the planet and what we're doing is not enough so I see this you know what this not enough but that comes down to the personal level and if we're healing it on the personal level as the book is inviting us then we can help heal the planet as well I love that it's really shared the same line that stood out for Trina that she mentioned that Anita shares with us that the aim is to ignite ignite the spirit of the magnificence that's within us um, and that with, with God all things are possible. So that's that section there that allows us to just have a look, that sentence, with God all things are possible, which also is backed up then by saying it's not that we are one thing and God is another thing. 
she very clearly says, and we are God. So it's in the presence of God realized that the miracles happen. So that's part of what the uh, the forward is sharing with us, that this is going to be a journey. As Wayne said, he went out and heard about Anita and then found her and really asked her to write this book. So again, it wasn't coming from her saying, look, I've done so good, I'm going to tell you about it. He found her and she very happily um, put it back because as she said, through the experience, she's realized that the purpose is to reach thousands, to reach, to reach and to reach. And she clearly then also says that it's not about her wanting to tell you. If you want a prescription, it's not in this book. This book is a sharing of a story, a sharing of a story that allows you to see she shares really openly the emotional and the physiological triggers that, that could be the ones that created the cancer. She really does own it, she says, as a process, but it's not a step-by-step how-to. This is a deep dive into yourself and see who you are and to find joy in each day. So we're going to be taken on her journey as she's come through a very dark time on death's doorstep, as it says, through knowing that you are God and in God's presence all things are possible and through that finding that part of yourself and finding the joy in each day as Anita did. So that's just the introduction. So looking forward to the rest of the book. Well, that's real good. We appreciate that very much. Now we're going to go over to Arizona there. Steve Jones, uh, how how have you actually looked and what what are you seeing already in the book? Well, it sounds like it's going to be an exciting book uh, with uh, the foreword being written by Wayne Dyer. And I think it's appropriate because Wayne's famous sign, uh, saying, begin with the end in mind, it's appropriate he'd uh, see value in a book about death. Uh, he, he, in the, in the uh, foreword, he talks about the, that he saw so much value in her story and how helpful it could be to people that uh, he actually helped her with getting it published and called the publisher and said that he would be honored to write the foreword if they would publish the book. And he sees that this book can help people transcend any fear and self-rejection that presently define them. That's the power that he sees in this story. And I felt it was powerful to hear about the effect that Anita's story had on his mother who was living in an assisted living facility and was experiencing death in, quite often in there, seeing her friends die. And hearing Anita's story gave her a sense of peace about death. And I think that having a sense of peace about death is a wonderful gift that many would appreciate. Um, in the introduction, she gives a synopsis of the book and she explains that her near-death experience gave her an insight of what life was after death and how that she saw into her future and what she was meant to do, which really just involved her being herself and letting it happen. And she out the, the book is in, in three sections that she outlines. In the first, she talks about her early life and how her beliefs created the fears that manifested the disease. In part two, she talks about the actual near-death experience being healed and finding a new place in the world. And in part three, she talks about her understanding of healing and how we can live as a reflection of who we really are. And she says that 
uh, she's going to show us how to heal uh, without having to have an, a near-death experience and uh, is looking to help us. The goal is to look us uh, or is to help us awaken the dormant guru inside of us and to find our place at the center of the universe. So I'm ex excited to read the book. It sounds really wonderful. It is, it is, it is. And what I've already done just from the stories and things have been shared with me, I've already done what it, what I usually do. And, and I was never actually taught through books. I came to understand books through people I was working with. I realized that the oral teachings and the way I was particular brought up in my own life and beginnings wasn't actually something easily understood or even effective for most people. So I started seeking books that could possibly help me fill in the space in between. And, and when I've learned that, so what I've always dedicated my life to is making those books highly available in locational need. And so I, I actually ask all of you, especially my co-hosts, as well as our listeners, if you know someone that is actually in this kind of position in life, please gift them with the book. And as far I I have a whole list that I work from to where I am making sure and have ordered books to be sent to senior citizen uh, locations and places where people who have come to the winter seasons of life could actually have this book to help them look into what they're facing and the fears of what that is. So there's, you know, there's so many ways that we can help. And, and I feel definitely through how Aneda was brought into my awareness that that is a calling and an invitation for me to find a way whilst I can't maybe get to everyone. And I know I can't save everyone. I know I can have as much effect as I can create. So for me to make sure that Anita's book actually gets into the reading audience of which would benefit the most from it, actually dedicating and making sure that you get books into these particular locations actually help people where you can't actually reach them. So that's one of the things I'd like to see us all become a greater part of is making sure this book gets to the people who are going to need it the most right now. And along with that, we're going to actually go to you, Marianne Love. You're in Melbourne, Australia, and you do psychotherapy. So how do you see and maybe feel about uh, Anita's book being some added material for your work? Yeah, I think this will be really helpful. I have a lot of clients and my colleagues talk about clients that are afraid of death. And just a lot of the fears that just underlie living, I think, relate to the fear of death. Um, just expressed as anxieties. So I feel like her book really emanates a peace and a knowingness. Like she doesn't talk about what she believes. She talks about what she experienced, what she knows. And I think for me there's a confidence that comes through that that brings peace with it. And I feel like if everybody understood that it's, you know, that in our essence, in her message was what she's saying, in our essence we are love, we are of love, we are a divinity and we're connected to all things beyond space and time that I feel like it would really transmute many of the fears that people live through in living day to day. Um, she's, in a way, she's made it sound so attractive, <laughs> this whole process. And um, I feel like, yeah, that's just such a beautiful gift she's giving the world. And even on the other side there, 
she found her purpose and that helped her come back and live fully. And I think that's a powerful message to all of us to not just live in the mundane, but live in our heartfelt passion and purpose and spread whatever is our unique gift to share and spread to the world. And I can understand why Wayne was so passionate to bring this message forward. And he even felt there was a series of synchronicities that brought her to his life because he was really um, about teaching people their own divinity and she just had the most perfect story um, and the beauty that sit behind that story, the essence of who she is, is the message to give to the world. So it was obvious that he really wanted to help her promote it and I think was a big contributor to her even getting the book written and getting it out in the world. Um, and in it she really speaks about in her near-death experience just how she became so profoundly blissful and in such a place of beautiful love. Um, and not that it was hers alone, that it was hers, it was all it was for all of us. We all can experience that. We all are that. And it's what she wanted to come back and let us know is that um innate to all of us is this beauty. And that if we understood that, we could heal any any disease because she's saying, and she could understand in her own story that her own thinking, her own conflict within her culture, her own fears contributed greatly to the disease that she experienced and that if we knew our divinity we'd also then have this unlimited potential of healing and um, even Wayne like Steve spoke about Wayne's mother finding peace but also his kids found peace which I found interesting is that they vowed to treasure life and they vowed to banish all thoughts that would promote disease so this is a book for the living. It's to, the book to live whole and healthily and um, be conscious, really, not to let thoughts go unconscious and feelings go unconscious. And um, so she walks us through in the, in the introduction just how the book unfolds, um, just about her experience and her heartfelt purpose, why she came back and the message she wanted to be the instrument, really. And I like that she didn't, she hasn't tried to control that. She just came back, thought she'll be happy, she'll live her life and she'll know that it would just unfold exactly as it needs to and she'll become the, the teacher of this information. She'll be sharing the message. Um, and she spoke in part one about, in the book, she'll talk about her culture and her history that contributed to her disease and then she'll talk about her near-death experience and then she really wants to let us know in part three about how she understands healing and the nature of what's happening on the planet today and who we really are deep down, our own magnificence. So I'm really excited about this book. I feel like it'll be very, very helpful for all of us. Yes, I agree. I totally agree. I totally agree. Like I said, and and that her book along with some others that's happened and even the work of Dwayne, Wayne Dwyer himself has actually, uh, there's quite a few books there that actually helps people that are in this particular season of life. And I love how, you know, there's definitely uh, a need here to understand that everybody doesn't have to have near death or death experiences to actually understand that it's time to make that shift and change. I feel today and the circumstances in our world today is bringing a tremendous amount and numbers of people who are coming to a place to look at it all and feel the futility 
of just sitting in the sidelines of all of this and not having any sense of contribution or solution or assistance or anything. And I believe that, you know, especially in your profession and uh, some of the other people in our work that actually works with psychotherapy stuff, the numbers and I, I get, I have all these statistics and stuff that I work from and to see the enormous upsurge of depression in in our societies, not just in any one country, but all all countries in the world are reporting tremendous upsurges of suicide and people going through immense depressions. And some people actually even going into all, almost situations where they're living and walking around in comas, meaning they're not functioning from any particular brainwave. Okay, so basically this is a time and then I see it. See, I see all the opportunities that come with particular phases of life and things that happen within our world, in at least in my life, in the years of my life. And I see this as a good turn of situation because we have become decadent in knowing that we are interconnected. And yes, we are in any way and in every way impactful to each other. And whilst we have become very willing to say cause and effect with such a casual uh, disassociation with it, no, we need to come back and understand the intimacy of that cause and effect and how each one of us in whatever particular place we're in life, if it is facing death or if it's just facing how do you get through the next year, two years or your long range goal, it doesn't matter you're still in the same place to where you have to look at it from present time. And that means right now and what you're doing right now. And then that right now to actually have to face the decision of where you go from there is totally up to you. Totally. There's nobody else that can make that decision. And there's no one else that can be making the choice. And again, Anita's particular you know, perspective on that as Dwayne Dwyer's, as anybody that's out there trying to help bring consciousness to a greater awareness, says the same thing. Those are the choices we make. And I see with Anita, with Anita sharing her particular situation in life, I, you know, just looking at some of the details of that and understanding today in our own world how we have such religious insanity how we judge and are so afraid and build fear around people's way of worship and condemning other people because they're not seeing it from where we're seeing it. And to think that a young person with Hindu roots and background trying to survive in a culture that is totally in opposition to that. I don't see that unique to Anita. I see that as a global situation for so, so many young people today to where how they are dealing with it is totally rejecting any sense of worship or understanding or relating and be feeling connected. And so basically, like I said, the in these moments of where it seems to be the most dark or where we could say the world is in such transition or whatever the words are, it is, it is a good time. And it is the right time for us all to participate and seeing how we can actually reach out beyond ourselves and help those. It isn't so much that 
Anita was seeking fame and seeking people looking to her for answers or having the ego that even entertains that you could possibly have the answers for somebody else. And having to face in yourself the fact that the only person that will ever have those answers is the person who's asking the question. So I feel the lack of ego there and the encouragement of someone who in himself started from a very humble beginning actually has brought us some great wisdom that we could share and uh, definitely enjoy ourselves as we explore it over our show each week. And uh, I appreciate everybody that reaches out through our media to actually share your story and reflection of how all of this is affecting you. And please get the book and follow along with us. And that's the book called Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. Okay. Anybody else have some particular uh, points you want to make at this at this time? Yeah, Trina. Um, I There's a couple of them actually that, kind of jumped out at me, but the title of the book itself, Dying to Be Me, really kind of reflected back to me that I need to let go of that ego. I need to let go of that personality or all the things that I um, that I think in order to be open enough to really get in touch and go inside to get in touch with who I truly, truly am. So you really have to die to yourself. And I think it's that's actually in scripture too, that you have to die to yourself in order to become who you truly are. So I thought the title itself was really interesting that they chose that as the title of this book. And then when you go to her website, one of the very first things that comes up is you're here, here to share your truth with the world. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that she brought forward. Along with there were a couple realizations. She said she came out of that with um, kind of a knowingness of a future but that, and that she was meant to inspire people, but she still stayed in that egoless state. But she's, there's a quote in there that she says, she had a sense that she didn't have to do anything for this to happen, that it was just going to flow. And I think that's when things start flowing like that, that's when you really know that you're kind of just in, in that flow, and you're going along the path that you're supposed to be with. And um, she also inspired us to live from a place of freedom and joy, not from fear. So those were the, the couple comments I wanted to bring forward. It is. That's, that's really good. When you, when you get, when your passion and your desire becomes something that you, that you desire to express, that's when you have a solidness in what you can share. And there's so many people out there today that are leading personalities with a lot of publicity and a lot of coverage that still ring from a very shallow place because it was all about finding and being in the educated part of knowing something that they can talk about. It's totally different than knowing something you can give. And what Anita has here is what the, the impact of what I felt is how she was brought to my attention. And in selecting the book was that there is there is a genuineness here. There, there is substance. And in my experience and with all the particular experiences of traveling, meeting people and exploring life and just what it really and the importance of it to myself and my life path, meeting people who actually were so 
uh, impressed with themselves that they had answers and so impressed with themselves that, you know, they were the source and the so forth and on. There, we cannot fool people. And that's where, you know, I think Anita's book comes through with having the substance. We can't fool people. People resonate and will find maybe you can get away with the camouflage for the first few times. But then it comes down to where they sense it and they feel the source of you. And that's where your shallowness is. Because if you really have a message and if you really know that there is something you can do and out of love you're doing it, that's what transforms our world. And that's where there are so many that are starting to come forward that actually can do that. And it has to come from your heart. It has to come from your heart. And in your heart, it has to be that you're transparent and that you're not pretending or denying or trying to camouflage, but that you're just being genuinely out front with it, making it happen. And uh, I feel that I definitely feel that I will do my best to see if we can't get her or get a few minutes of her talking directly to us on the show and hoping that uh, my friend Barry can actually help me with that. I definitely feel that in myself, I want to have the ability to have just a few direct words with her. So it's always good. Anyone else have something that you feel at this point you want to share about the book, Joyce or Gigi? Yes. What I'd like to share is I'm pondering as we've talked here on the common kind of um, sharing professionals do who are not just professionals, anyone who's working with someone who is dying. There's been kind of an interchange or interaction with people guessing at what that dying person is going through. And I recognize that's really been a very glib kind of way to approach it. So this book is going to totally give people substance, as you said, it is, there's no shallowness to it. It's, there's no guesswork to it. And I love the fact that she says everybody's experience is different, that none of us should read her book and think, well, that's exactly what it's going to be. So the uniqueness of it all, I, there's just so many features here that are positive and going to transform for sure. That's really great. Anyone else? We still have a few minutes here. This is Marianne. I really feel that if um, when we're experiencing a loved one dying, that if we understand that what meets them is love, that it will really help the grieving process, I think, because we worry about their suffering, not only our own loss, but their experience. And I think it will just take a big edge off for people. I've been experiencing a very powerful death for myself when my son passed this last February. I have come as much as I've worked in it and worked with people in these 80 years to actually deal with the individual experience that we have with the individuals in our life. It's like I've been there with my mother passing, obviously close family members and beautifully beloved friends and stuff and realizing the particular difference in having to look at the death of my son. And Tony being a middle son for me, like, you know, I have three children, so it wasn't that this was my only son, but understanding the uniqueness of who he was 
and the impact of his death being something that was caused by an accident. So sort of like an interruption of the whole life wheel of which he came in on. And looking at that, that I feel that in some of the reflections that Nina gives us in this and some of what you're sharing, Joyce, is that th that's where we come to say that there is no, no, like this is not a pattern that all of us can depend on or actually understand how it is. And dealing and following people into the, the veil behind what we call life. And knowing that there are places like, you know, you have people who believe in purgatories and then there's the Bardot and how science actually now can actually talk to us clearly from what can be detected with new technology. That once the body becomes dormant and of itself inactive and shuts down, that that does not stop what it is that's talking, that we're, who, who and all of us, what we're sharing, this that's talking and this that's sharing and this that's feeling what we're all experiencing and feeling about this book. That goes on, but it doesn't go on in the way of the particular physics of being physical. So I, what I feel and definitely experiencing the other side of that veil and having death experiences five times in my 83 years, okay, is actually understanding that the liberating of that when you come that close to this veil. That's what people are in when Joyce sees them and, and they're in the hospice or the particular facilities where people go to finish up the final stages of life the closer you get to it and the understanding of how it is and that you're drawn to it, it does away with the morbid fears that people have of, of death being dark and cold and, you know, dealing with the physical side of looking at it. And, and to understand and what I have worked with in my life is how uncomfortable families and loved ones are to be with the person that they love in this time of departure and, and the disconnecting that nobody, you know, every, nobody knows what to say. Nobody feels that they know what to do. They don't know how to handle that when there isn't any particular standards or, you know, particulars that you need to do. It's just that you stay with the love and learning all of us learning to do that and then learning that that isn't something you just do in this particular situation when that separation will have some tremendous emotional effects death is an initiation that affects us all how on the subtleties of understanding consciousness every time a body releases and the body goes into its particular state of the nothingness and the decomposition. This is an effect that is felt in the field to all living life, not just human. And how in science we can see the effects of how many pass in a day's time and how it spreads across the globe itself. How the planet herself reacts to that. So we have so much to learn yet of what this is all about and to actually understand that we are prepared for that and understand how important what we're doing here helps in actually getting ready for that. Not the heaven and hell fear that is taught through religions. 
and not the worry and concerns a person would have of whether they're going to go to hell or go to heaven once they leave the body. Okay, we need to get logical about that and look at our scriptures and understand exactly what that says. And that the fact that most of the time when that is the base of the teaching or the religion, it's based on a fear that it makes you perform to whatever the puppet manager is saying. Excuse me if I'm getting off into some of my own biases here. Okay, but you want to understand that what we're looking at and what I welcome to this, because I teach it and try to stay away from people thinking I'm being morbid because I will teach about death being a part of life. And it's a joyous thing. It is a happy and joyous thing. It's a part of us and that we're uncomfortable with it and that we don't know how to let our children come in order that they can have their own experience of it and allowing them to understand the gift in it, not just the sorrow of it. We're getting good at that. And like I said, I just see this whole thing as part of the coming of the consciousness that is happening right now. And in that consciousness, we had to finally come to where we're willing to face one of the very three not comfortable, intelligent ways of looking, death being once, our sexuality being the other, and the choice, the level and power of choice. So I feel it's just part of the greater awakening of consciousness and am delighted to actually walk this and experience this through how Anita will take us through her experience. Anybody else have a couple of words to say as we come to close our show today? This is LOA. And in relation to what you were saying as well, there's the part in the introduction that says it's about creating a safe environment for people to touch their own truth and then That's to do it in that way where you respect yourself, love yourself, touch your own truth. All right. We see you then next week as we start with our actual covering the chapters of our book and experiencing what we can of that. Meanwhile, I say to you, live completely and fully and enjoy every breath that you take. Have a fantastic week. OCO. Thank you for listening to Quantum Leap Book Club. For more information where you can contact us, go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash quantum hyphen leap. Have a great week.